Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 63. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Hollums. I had to think about which show it was. Merry Christmas! That's right. Actually, wait, isn't it past Christmas now? Oh, wait, is it? Uh, Merry New Year! This is the Happy New Year edition. Okay, my bad. Happy New Year, everybody! (laughs) By the way, did you know that tonight we're doing a special 24-hour marathon? Uh, Are you really? Yeah. Well, tell me more about that. So anyway, uh, if you happen to be listening to this on December 30th, uh, after midnight tonight, 12.01 a.m. on the 31st to be exact, uh, we will be recording a 24-hour uh, marathon, podcasting, recording every episode. Uh, we talked about it last week, so if you didn't hear about it, uh, I won't go over all the details, but uh, you can just go to gspn.tv slash live anytime that it is the 31st of December in the, on Eastern Time Zone, and we will be here recording podcasts nonstop. Exactly. You know, technically, it's still Christmas, though. It, oh, that's right. It is. So we're good with it. We're good. And, and we're, if we're called the About the Church podcast, we're going to be liturgically correct. Liturgically we're going, correct. We're going all the way hardcore till Epiphany, baby. Epiphany. We, we want those wise men to show up. <laughs> we don't know if there were three, actually. We don't know if there were two. We don't know if there were 20. There are three it, gifts, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't cut. That didn't cut the mustard. <laughs> and I want to see the mustard you have to cut, too. Were they, were they kings or just wise people? Uh, it, it's never, it never says if they were kings or, yeah, it just says wise men and it never says how many. Is that what magi stands for? Just wise men? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Magi. It, it, it's, it's, it's it like, sounds like, it's like majesty. It's like you would call somebody professor a or something like yeah, that. Professor, professor you know, <laughs> it's an intelligent in, individual who's had some learning, some learning, some learning, some education, some education. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in last week, DG, when we, when we last spoke, which just seems like forever ago, um, we were talking about technology in the church and, and the fact that the recording podcast is, is definitely one thing that the, the churches could do. And it just seems like a, a no brainer to have the sermons as a bare minimum and to have some kind of, uh, complimentary content on top of that. I mean, you just have a, you have a medium, medium and you have an eager audience who, who seemingly just wants to learn more and wants to go deeper. Right. And I'll be honest with you, what I what I see in in the home Bible study groups, uh, they're great and I love them. I've been a part of leading uh, small group Bible studies since 1996. Cool. So, um, it, I mean, it's been a weekly part of my life forever now. And the the truth is, though, is many of these quote unquote Bible study lessons, they're they're doggone boring. <laughs> I mean, they're the most, it's like, uh, boring. please read this verse and you read it and it's like, and Jesus had compassion on the people. And, and it's like, what does this verse tell you about God's attribute of compassion? I'm like, come on. He yeah. had it. <laughs> yeah. He had it. It's, it's like the, the Sunday school, not the Sunday school, the, uh, the children's moment answers. Mm-hmm. It's like, so who loves you? Jesus. It's either Jesus, the Bible pray. Uh, you know, or something like that. Exactly. Or love. Right. And I always like to trip them up when I'm doing leading the children's moment. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal is, is, is in this episode, I want to start it off by asking what would be the dream church 
you Ooh. know what what i mean let, let's just mm-hmm. let's just think of ourselves as members of a church today and and, and the maple church the maple church <laughs> <laughs> sorry i couldn't resist it <laughs> you walk inside there's a big apple icon where the star or the cross used to be well yeah uh, well we would go in there no, but no. Uh, the, oh man i wish i could tell you a story. I mean, you know what Generally speaking, I can tell you about this. You're going to tell me a story. I'm going to tell you a story. No way. Well, there's a there's a church in England, and they it was actually a Methodist church, and this guy used it in his lecture as basically saying, "This is the direction of the church unless you actually do something about it." Uh, and it was this is in England, but they converted this church to be a a pub, to be a bar, and and where where the cross used to be uh, was basically a big guitar, like two guitars in the shape of a cross, and then. Where they used to serve communion, it was literally the bar. Really? Where they served alcohol at. And behind the bar was Elvis was the place of Jesus. It was the Last Supper painting kind of thing, but Elvis was Jesus. And it had all these other musicians on each side of it. I mean, it was just, it was gut-wrenchingly painful. (laughs) So we say all the Maple stuff in joke, but it's, you know, anyway, this is all, there's a reason why we get excited about thinking of the Dream Church is because... I think the church has forgotten how to be able to relate to the world around it. Right. In a lot of cases, technology is a great opportunity to relearn how to do that. Right, right. So anyway. Well, let's talk about that. Now, uh, Amanda from Michigan in the chat room says she votes for a church without other people. It would just save so many problems. (laughs) And, And of course, she said she's just kidding. Yeah, my dad used to always say, if I belonged to a church that believed exactly what I believe, it would be a very small church. No doubt. So, so I, I really do. I want to talk about the the dream church and 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 some things. And of course, what I, what this is going to do for me, and I just want to point it out ahead of time. This is automatically putting me into consumeristic mode. Do you know what I mean when I say that, DG? I do. And it's like, okay, what do I want? You know, here's yeah. my sporgish board of of church that I would love to see. I want all the children in all the world. <laughs> What's the, 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 <laughs> I went world peace. Yeah. But it's, do you ever see the Saturday Night Live one that with no. the Steve Martin? No. Uh, he's like, if I just had one wish, it would be that all the children in all the world could grab hands and love each other in grace. You know, something like that. And he's like, if I had two wishes this Christmas, it would be that all the children, you know, doing that thing and $15 million <laughs> deposited into a Swiss bank account. And he just keeps on going, if I had three wishes. <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna get we're gonna get consumeristic here. Yes, we are. So we we just want to throw that out to you guys ahead of time, and and this is not our approach to actually how we decide what church we we go to, because obviously I, my church is not going to live up to all the standards of of the things that I'm suggesting here, and and I don't expect it to. Okay, yeah, sure. so so but but uh, as far as a dream a, a dream approach to new media technology in general and stuff sure. like that here here's what I would love and of course uh, m- much of this is you know well the new media stuff is not going to be limited by financial but some of the technology stuff will be uh, so okay. some new media stuff one of the things I would love to have is I would love for the staff of my church all to be on Twitter. Or or Facebook, one or the other. Um, if companies can do it right now, and they are doing that right now, yeah, absolutely, they are. Why not? There there are companies who are using Twitter for internal communications. Well, that's the reason Twitter was created. Did you know that? No, I the didn't know original that. purpose of Twitter was for was for that exact reason. Is that right? Yeah, that is cool. So so here's the deal. I would love I I would love to interact with my pastor 
on Facebook. I mean, now my, my pastor is on Facebook, but what I'm saying, but you would actually like for him to actually interact with you. Okay. Here's the deal. It's like, oh my gosh. And, and this is the fear. Okay. Cause I, I can, I do a lot of podcast, new media consulting with sure. uh, individuals. Recently, I've picked up a lot of people, uh, a couple, a handful of people who are nationally known either as a musician or they have TV shows or whatever. Uh, I have some nationally known people and their number one concern with Twitter and, and such is that all of a sudden I have to put my public life out there and I have to be so, um, accessible to everybody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's like, no. That's yep. not. That's not it. They're it, speaking out of ignorant, out of ignorance. They don't understand it, right? And and and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you don't understand, it, that's, of course, that's it, the definition. That, of what they what they do and what they hear is they go to Twitter, they look at a couple people, and they have people who are sharing their entire life. I sure. I just picked my nose. Oh my gosh! If you could only see this. Oh wait, you can. Here's the twit pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twit pick. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no pun intended originally, but now, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one but it, at least i thought i'm laughing at my own joke yeah you are a little bit harder than i am <laughs> now i'm laughing at me laughing yeah, I'm at say, now i'm laughing at you just you laughing because your face is turning bright red <laughs> it is <laughs> so, so anyway they see the twit pics out there if you will and and they think that that's what it's all about i'm not saying i want my my pastor to be any more accessible than he is already through email. Sure, of course. You know, I'm, I'm obviously going to be respectful of his time, and I'm obviously not going to expect him to respond to everything immediately. No. But what I would love to do is I would love to see an, a, an occasional tweet saying, you know, uh, or, or status update on Facebook saying, getting ready to prepare for this week's sermon. We're going to be talking about this. Right. I would love to hear that tweet once a week, you know, or... Um, you know, some, you know, or randomly, occasionally hearing a funny antidote, you know, in 140 characters or less. My, my, my pastor is a very funny guy. And I have no doubt that if you were to use Twitter or Facebook status updates, it'd be funny. It'd be hilarious. It would be hilarious. Sure. But, but there's this impression that you have to perform or to do something that's beyond, you know, what you might have time to do or something like that. But what, mm. what I find in, in new media and technology and, and, and I have to ask myself, why is it that 1600 people are following me on Twitter? Is it because I'm special? I, I really don't yes. know. That's what it is. No, it's not. No, no, no. You're special. I am special. <laughs> That's a, now you caught my joke. Thanks. Gotcha. <laughs> Here, here's the reason why I think 1600 people follow me on Twitter. It's because I do share a little bit more about myself. I do put myself out there uh, and, and I share what some things that excite me. And what happens is people who are passionate about many of the same things I am are interested in hearing about some of those things, but they're also somewhat interested in some of, I wonder what Cliff does when he's not behind a microphone, you know, and, and, and people are interested. It's, it's like when you call somebody on the phone, what's usually the first couple words or sentences that you say, so, Hey, what have you been up to? You know, why do you ask that question? You you care. Um, and so I, I would love to see that. I would just love to see, you know, hey, going to the ball game. You know, I, I'm, he, he may say something and it's like all of a sudden it's like, well, I never knew my pastor enjoyed going to the Reds game. You know, right, or right. I, I didn't know he was into sports or I didn't know that he, right. you know. I, well, and, and once again, I think it comes back to, at least for me, I want to see authenticity. I want to see that there's a human being behind the pulpit. 
Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, and once I see that there's a human being behind the pulpit and I'm seeing that they're going through the same struggles as me and they're, and now I can be able to say, wow, I'm going to respect a little bit more of who they are mm-hmm. because you know, they're a human being just like me and, and they're wrestling and, 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 and dealing with life just like I am. And, and that provides me an opportunity to be able to, and then, then I think they become much more approachable. Right. Then, if you if if your youth did have a question with, <laughs> you know, uh, sexuality or something else, like they're going to come to you because they can trust you and they actually know who you are now. Now you're not just this one individual high up on a pedestal somewhere that you know that, and it's it's really kind of breaking down this wall that's been built up between laity and clergy, right? And I think that wall does need to be chipped away at mm-hmm. quite a bit. Exactly, I really do think that. I, the, here's. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the thing. I, Stephanie and I are what we call home team Bible study leaders, okay? Or home team leaders, which are small group home Bible study groups that meet in our church. Um, in our church, we have several other home teams, all right? About once every three months. Do you all ever play any visitors? What's that? If you're all the home teams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just it. So uh, sometimes we go away for service projects. There you go. <laughs> you put on the white jerseys. That's right. So the, <laughs> the deal is, is that you're going to any kind of sports joke that you throw at me, I, it's going to go right over my head. Wow. Matter of fact, you better be careful. It might bounce off the wall and hit you because <laughs> I have, good. I am so you, sports you illiterate. You caught it. You caught it. I did catch it. Yeah. Barely. You're good. You know, with my mitt. Man, <laughs> <laughs> mitt. Oh. Oh, okay. Isn't that what catchers use? They well, use a glove. mitt. It's not a catcher's mitt anymore. Well, yeah, you can call it. You're cool. You're good. You're good. Is, Your joke work works. with me here. Your no, joke just kidding. All right. So what was I saying? Oh, other. So there are the <laughs> once every three or four months we get together and have this this leadership meeting where the pastors and and stuff like that they'll talk about the home teams and just share the vision of where we're going and what you know and and, and right. stuff like that. It's usually a good pep talk, but. It's usually a meeting that's being led and not very much social activity. And so here, Stephanie and I have been a part of this church for uh, over two years now, you know, over two years now. And I still do not personally have a relationship with any of the other people who are leading home teams in our group or in our church, except for a small handful of people. And guess who those people are? People who use Twitter. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, and, that makes sense. And, and so basically, um, there are people who are home team leaders that are using uh, Twitter, and I know that they, you know, that they're involved in spinning classes, which I didn't know what spinning was until I asked them what spinning was, and they told me it's this exercise bike thing and right, right. and stuff like that. And so I learned what spinning is, and I know that they're a huge, uh, hugely involved in going spinning, and I know that they're, you know, the, that they have kids and that their kids love Mario Kart Wii. In fact, I happen to know that some of the adults like Mario Kart Wii more than the kids, than, than the kids do, and and yeah. and so it it you know and it, when it comes to Facebook and 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 Twitter updates and status these status update things, it really does connect me with some other people. And so what I'd love sure. to see is I'd love to be a part of a church where, um, you where you know it's like as a as a member of this church, you know, and, and, a, and as a member of leadership, we want to train you on how we can effectively connect with each other in between these every three month meetings. Right. And I would love to see, I would love to see the leadership of the church encourage at least one of those technologies. Sure. And, and this, it's so much more than just providing community for the church. Because once you get on Twitter, Mm -hmm. you can actually start seeing other people that are in the community that, that are into new media stuff 
Like, for example, I never would have ever met Justin Reigns. Yep. If it wouldn't have been for Twitter. Yeah. Honestly. I, I and, wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for Twitter. Exactly. And so, and so, I, you know, I, I, I sent a message to him. I laughed at something he said. And so, and, and I started following him because I saw something he put on yours or something else like that. <laughs> Justin in the chat room says, Hey, that's me. <laughs> but I, then I, then I put out, and so I, I get to, I got to meet Justin way outside the walls of the church that I attend because we were on Twitter together. And so it's so much more than just providing community for the church itself to, to promote that huddle mentality, that huddle Christian huddle mentality. It really does provide a, a way to be able to, to live missionally, which we were talking about earlier. And here's the deal here. Here's, here's what's really cool about that. Now, Justin Reigns d- doesn't attend either one of our churches. No. All right. But I will tell you that I have had more face to face sit down conversation time with Justin Reigns than I have with a lot of people in my church. Yeah. With almost most people in my church. Exactly. Except for the people who are involved in my home team Bible study group. Right, right. Sure. Because okay. you see because them I see them every week. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so but the thing is is that what what is it that connected Justin and I? It was because we got to develop a relationship through the random uh very insignificant events of our daily lives, posting them on Twitter. Right. You know? And I love the fact that I can, you know, Tell everybody, hey, I'm going to have a Christmas party at my house. If you're reading this, you're invited. Please come. I would love to have you come. We did that for our home team Bible study group. And uh, we have two people that randomly uh, attend our group that um, basically I never would have met had it not been for Twitter. Right. And they're, they come every now and then right. to our home, home Bible study cool. group. And you're providing an even deeper community face-to-face than what Twitter provides. Exactly. But I, going back to the... Um, <laughs> I, going going back to like I wanted to think about just the staff because I am on a staff at Florence United Methodist okay. Church as well as doing my own church plant thing. <clears throat> I've constantly told them that I feel like staff meetings are a waste of time. Okay, and that the reason I believe that staff meetings are a waste of time is most of the time it really is just this person needs to talk to that person. Not right. everybody else in the room is required to hear that. Okay. And the, so then the purpose of staff meeting, another the other side purpose of staff meeting is just to be able to meet with one another. Well, why don't we change that to say we're going to eat with one another and you can do a little bit of business while you're eating. But if it's something that you really need, you can be able to just you can just do a tweet or you can fire up Skype. Yeah. Or, you know, you just you can do anything with new media. Send an email. Send an email, <laughs> come, by golly. Come on. Exactly. It's just killing me. How much time we're wasting being in meetings when you could be actually literally promoting true authentic community over food or over you know watching a movie together or whatever else? I think that'd be so much more effective at providing a staff to be a community to promote the kind of level of community that you're expecting that that you'd find inside the church. You could go and you know you could you could you could say hey our staff meeting today is we're going to go down and serve some homeless you right. know and if you need to do some business and some work there then bring it with you on the way there we can talk about it. on the way back we can talk about it uh, and if it's something that everyone else needs to hear then you can send an email to everybody it just it makes so much more sense to me why can't we be able to use these things and I understand meeting in person is important that's why I do want to meet in person right but I want to do things that are missional I want to do things that are um, you know, that are promoting that kind of community and being missional at the same time instead of going to a staff. There are two things that were in the chat room. Uh, first, I'm going to address something that, that's way up the top so I don't have to scroll too far. And then I'll address what Professor Allen just said. Uh, somebody earlier said, what a, you know, 
isn't it possible that this turns into like a MySpace thing and everything starts to head south? And we're talking about, you know, people getting involved on MySpace and, 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 and I'm not exactly sure what they're talking about, but maybe <laughs> they're talking about, you know, inappropriate stuff happening and oh. messages and stuff like that. I, as far as I'm concerned, that's no different than email. It's no different than a phone call. It's no different than a face to face meeting. Sure. You, you just have to, Deal with don't it. be afraid of technology and the internet. I mean, there, right. yeah, there is a lot of bad stuff out here. Right. There is, but just deal with it. but just deal with it and use it appropriately. Right. You know, the, it, it, you, I, my thing is, is my concern is that too many people are afraid of technology and 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 what might happen and they don't ever use it for what it should be used for professor allen says yes technology brings you and your friends together but how much of that is just because you uh because of the way you are geeky and tech savvy uh aren't there other types of community things going on that you guys aren't a part of but are happy that are happening anyway outside of technology based things the answer to your question is absolutely and we are the only reason we're having this conversation is because we are talking about the technology end of things. So, so we're not saying the church is failing at all, on on every angle. We're saying no, no. that I, we're seeing some shortcomings in the area of technology. Now, I will tell you that that I'm able to connect with people because I do understand Twitter and I do understand. Check that out. That's some good snow right there. Um, I do understand Twitter. I do understand Facebook. But I didn't before I learned it. Exactly. You know, and Facebook and Twitter, both of them are extremely easy to learn. Yeah. My concern is that people aren't willing right. to learn. How, how long do you think it would take for them to get it? To get to, well, to get Twitter, it takes, <clears throat> I will tell you what I believe because I've, trust me, I've turned a lot do, of do people. Do Twitter and Facebook. Tell me what, how long, uh, what's the, what's the learning curve? Okay. First of all, it, it takes about 30 30 minutes to just get an overview of what Twitter is. And then it, it will never click in unless you can start interacting with at least four people, you know, and four people who you care to know. And once you have at least four people and you have an understanding of how Twitter works, it usually it's like the light bulb goes off about a week and a half to two weeks in. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I get it. And and then all of a sudden the, the and and I can give you example after example after example of people I have told about Twitter and they said that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I will never do that. I, I mean I've heard that statement right over and over again. And I can I can give you at least ten or fifteen people who said that statement to me that actually have thousands of Twitter updates out there and they have they're following you know as many as 80 or 150 or 300 people and they have hundreds or even thousands of people who are following them right and and they get it and they love it and they could not imagine life without being able to interact with these people in this way right now as far as facebook that's a different story i'm telling you it took me three months before i finally gave in to Facebook and it took a lot of coercing from a lot of people to get me because I went in there and it's just like this thing is just ugly it's got too much going on it's busy and it's and it's 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 overburdensome and the emails are ridiculous and the notifications and all these applications people sending me growing gifts and all this zombie vampire stuff and it's just ridiculous and so I actually did a so if you're if you have if you don't have anybody to help you then I think it's going to take forever. But I created a video tutorial series called Facebook 101, 
and it's been probably viewed about a hundred thousand times. And people are every day I get email thing or um, ad requests from Facebook saying, "Hey, I'd like to be your friend. I if it wasn't for you, I would never be able to figure this thing out." Cool. And and so um, it's I think there are like eight videos that just say, "Listen, you gotta understand." This is what this is. This is what this is. This is what this is. And the rest of it, forget about it. And what was that? What's that on? What podcast is it on? It's called or, Facebook 101. Okay. And you go to gspn.tv and it's under technology podcasts. Okay. Technology podcast. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, but uh, it's hard to learn unless you, you are able to, cause it took me a while and it's like, and then all of a sudden Facebook clicked and right. it's like, ah, oh, I can't imagine not having this. Right. Well, Aki JWP. Um, that would be John. Okay, John just put up a link to um, to a uh, a blog, Josh Harris blog. Okay, and he's just saying, and the title of it is "My One and Only Week on Facebook," and he described. He basically just said, "I don't feel like I have time for this. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I'm trying to write a book, and yet i I feel I feel the need and be drawn to go to Facebook a whole bunch of times and stuff like that." And he does all these all these reasons why he's done with Facebook. And at the very bottom of it, it says, update. One year after writing this post, I decided to give Facebook another try. Uh-huh. He says, why? Because I learned that by turning off all the alerts, I can better keep keep it under control. Yep. So in other words, you just you have to learn it. You have to know what's going on. And also because I plan on collect, to collect 10 million friends and then demand that they pray for me every day while I write this book. There you <laughs> he go. He says, grin. Um, but he just said, you know, seriously, Facebook's another way to connect with people in my new book and, and Lord willing, the conference tour to support the book 2010, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but you know, it's, it, it is, it's, it's, it's community. I mean, that's ultimately all it really is. And yeah, they've added some stupid, dumb stuff, a lot. A snowball, st- putting up a Christmas tree, uh, buttons, bumper stickers, you know, whatever you want to call it. it it's just, but Granted, all that stuff is there, but you you can ignore that stuff. You can delete that stuff. You don't have to participate in that stuff. It's kind of like, I, I, you know, it's it's kind of like what we talked about with the email when they're like, if you don't pass this on to twelve people, then you're going to hell or something. Yeah, you don't. You just delete that it's, stuff. It's you no don't have than email. to do those things. You don't have to do those. It's things. It's no different than email. And, and the thing, and and the 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 fact is, is I think my my feeling, and and we talk about dream church, is I would love to have a church where. Every staff person is on Facebook and and they use it not all in the same way and not the way that I use it, but they are still using Facebook or Twitter, one or the other. Uh, because in my my opinion, the, the number one thing I love about Facebook is the is the uh, is the is the wall. It, it basically it keeps your status updates, which is like Twitter, but also it can you you can post pictures, and if you post a picture, it's the it's the storyline, it's the it's the timeline right. that tells you what's going on in in your friends' lives. Right. And, and and I would love to see that from the people that are are the leaders of my church, and 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 I would love to see other people in my congregation. Other people who are in my church community comment on the stuff that they say, and then I can click on their names like. Oh, that's so and so. I see them every Sunday at church, and then I click and I start reading there, and then I ask them if I can be their friend, and all of a sudden it's like just seeing these things fall into place. And so, going back to Professor A's question, is is this because I'm techie? Yes, but what I'm saying is that it's not too difficult for non-techie people to get it because I'm, I am a, you know, I am an evangelist unapologetically. For technology, sure, and I am consistently taking people who just who don't even know how to attach to attach a photo 
to an email. Right. And now they're on Twitter and on Facebook and they're actively using it and people are and they're loving it. And and so it well, it's not I, because I want to go I'm back up to only. Uh, Rev Ken up there was talking about. It. He said, "Yeah, it's it is it is great. It is fun. It is great. It's wonderful. It is. It does have a tendency to be a time drain, and I can agree with that. I know, I, I will agree with that one hundred percent. And and it comes to self discipline. Sure, and just like TV te- could be a time drain. I was, that is exactly you know, where I'm going. Right, te- television ex- is exactly the same to me as Facebook and Twitter and all that other stuff. Right, and but you know the the, the catch twenty two to that for me is, I don't think I would really appreciate Twitter as much as I do if I didn't have it on my phone. Mm-hmm. And now that I have it on my phone, I get it all the time. And, and if you're if you're around me, then you, you'll see I'm getting Twitter updates constantly, and I just leave it on mute most of the time because bing 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 bing, but. It's it's a great way for me. Like I, I've I've connected with people up in Seattle now. Mm-hmm. When I went to that Memphis conference, I've connected with people, um, you know, just all over all over the place. Mm-hmm. And these are actually people that give me insights, that challenge me, that have me think differently, absolutely, um, and stuff like that. And so it's so much more than just oh, this is my friend. It really is like uh, Leonard Sweet. The you know he's a Christian author and stuff like that. If you follow him on Twitter. I would say nine out of ten tweets that he posts are are just thoughts, and thoughts from a pretty intelligent, you know, thinking outside the box kind of person. I I appreciate those. I read every single one of them, and some of them are stupid, you know. Yeah. But there are other ones that really force me to think, and 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 I, you know, you're probably getting his next two or three books, you know, whenever he sends out tweets. But right. But the cool thing is, is, is I can be able to throw out my questioning and my challenging that I'm going through. And then I can have other people respond to that and they can be able to give me ideas and thoughts. And, you know, like, like, uh, for example, Hey, I'm, you know, I would send this out. I'm about to, I'm about to go do a talk at a conference in January. I'm throwing it out right now, actually. Okay. We're going to use a podcasting. This is a perfect example. I'm going to be speaking to a group of pastors of medium to small churches, Methodist pastors up in Michigan, the, um, the third week in January, right? They want me to speak on the missional church. What ideas, and what resources do you people think and know that would be great for me to be able to take in consideration whenever I go up there to lead that conference and your email address where people can answer that is, uh, you can do that at DG at TH three, the number three, and then the word waters, plural.com DG at the waters.com. Right. And so, you know, and it's just, or you can do that on Twitter. I mean, I'd yeah. actually prefer Argon 52. Yeah. A-R-G-O-N 52. Send him a direct message word. or an app message. Yeah. And, and it's, but that's a great way to other people can say, Oh, you know what I do? I did hear about this book that was all about the missional church. Or I did see this article about missional church. Maybe you could, maybe you should go read that and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just some of the things here, like Dr. Anonymous, I'm looking at him on Twitter. Didn't I, didn't I write these prescriptions last month? Oh, you misplaced it. Ugh. Yeah. See, so I, I can I can <laughs> I can see that that my friend and and I won't say his name, but Doctor Anonymous basically is having a day where it's like you can just tell somebody's like, oh, you lost the prescriptions again. Sure, and so um and and of course then I can see Stephanie. I am so hungry and all I want is Chinese. This could be a problem. So I know that about my wife upstairs. <laughs> and <laughs> and of course, I mean it's just um. We've got in here. Heather says might be getting a MacBook Pro from Santa this year. Thanks. Uh, thinking about hammer down on GSPN.TV's help. I got a Mac cast. 
So, I mean, just all my friends out there on Twitter, I can see these little things. But to be honest with you, there are times when my day does not allow me me to even open up Twitter or Facebook. And the good news is those people are still there. And um, if I do, like, get a five-minute break or something like that uh, to where I have absolutely nothing going on, I can always check in and, and check out what's going on if I want to. And I really do believe it has to come down to and, – and, and if anything, this is go- – new media and the – and I guess the stream of information that is consistently always on, uh, it really has a lot to do with you being self-disciplined. Right. And it's going to it's gonna test your ability to discipline yourself and, and to manage your time like nothing else. And, and, and this, is, this is just me. This is part of my rule of life that I'm trying to develop. Man, I'm telling you, if, if every time I look at Twitter, I've been trying to – to be holding myself accountable to be praying for those people. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them that I see, I really do at least read their, at least read their username and say a small prayer. And, and so it's just, and people don't know that <laughs> it's just my way of, I'm of, just going to send at DG. Hi. Yeah. At hi. DG. How are you doing today? Need some more. Go for it. <laughs> you know, it's, but it's hit me up, man. Yeah. But it's, I think it's, it, it is all in how you use it. I mean, okay, for example, the Every, word nation. Everybody right now send an at reply to DG and he'll pray for you after the show. I will. You, you probably, you don't even know. You have, people have R- no idea how much I love you and pray for you. A-R-G-O-N-5-2. Yeah, that's right. Well, Allison the other day put said, she said, uh, dear cute guy at, at the pub or whatever else, please stop staring at me. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> and so I sent her a message. I'm gonna kick. I'm kicking his butt. <laughs> and then I'm introducing him to your husband. <laughs> that is but, funny. But you know, it's just it. It provides it provides a sense of kingdom for me. It's a reminder that there right. are so many people out there, and that my life does not need to just be in front of Facebook, and my life does not need to just be. You know, and so it, it is difficult for me. I'll be honest with you. If I'm eating with somebody and we're having trying to have a discussion, and I feel that vibration go off, I'm I'm I've, I'm really tempted to go pull yep. it out of my pocket and read it. And my wife will tell you that she's told me numerous times to put it away. Put it away. <laughs> You're being rude. Put it away. Get the hand away from the pocket. Right. And I'm just in there going, but that was you know, but that was Alan Hirsch, and he was he was he's saying that he's going to be able be able, be able to do the podcast, and you know, it's just. Uh, it's, it's frustrating for me. Whoever has ADD, I can understand. Yeah. I appreciate, but it's you know it's a challenge, but it's also a blessing. It, just like anything else. But and and, yeah. and the thing is 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 you and what's really cool about Facebook, what's really cool about Twitter is you are in control of your experience. That and that's that's very much unlike some of the other stuff. Right. Uh, well, technology is bringing television to the to the DVR where you're in control a, a lot more. A little bit, yeah. But but I mean, it's completely customizable. For example, you get all these tweets sent to your phone. I only get tweets sent to my phone from certain individuals, and it's like three or four people. And um, my wife is one of them, and I love the fact that I get her messages, but I don't get everybody else's. But when I have when I have a minute, I use an application or I go to the web and I look at my timeline with my friends and I see what's going on if I want to or if I have time to and I'll respond to a couple of them. Right. But I I choose who I follow. I choose who gets sent to my phone. I choose who gets to follow me. 
Um, and the same thing is true with Facebook. It's you choose who your friends are. Uh, you choose what information gets shared with what people. Of course. You and you get cho- you can get to go to choose. And I think it should be do- by default. But you get to go into your settings on Facebook and you have and you can go to notifications and uncheck every single one of those boxes. So you never get a single email from Facebook. Right. Exactly. So anyway. And of course, there are other technologies such as, um, you know, just live, you streaming, uh, services and, and gatherings and, and stuff like that. Record, basically recording little bits and pieces. Blogging. Let's not forget about blogging. Sometimes we forget about blogging, but you know, why not have the people in, in your church just start blogging and, and, and sharing, you know, a a blog role in your church? Ooh, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 posting on your on your website people in our community with blogs of course then all, all of a sudden it's then well what if they blog about something we don't like yeah exactly uh, yeah, so sure. so there are some there are some concerns but uh yeah i don't know i i just i i really believe that at least at the at the very least the churches need to start considering how do we interact with this this generation right and and i will tell you um, it, you and I are at that generation where there are some of us who could really care less about technology and some of us are, are totally, it's like, if you don't speak to us in this way, you're not probably going to get our attention because right. we're not on the TV anymore. We're not listening to the radio anymore. Um, but I'm telling you that my kids and their generation and following, they're all gung ho. I mean, it's, 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 they're, you're going to reach them through technology, and I don't know if right. it'll be—I don't know if it'll be Facebook and Twitter for them, but it's going to be something. Yeah. And and I'm, I can imagine that you know when I'm 55 years old and and stuff like that, and I if I happen to be in a, a position of leadership or influence within the church, I, I can imagine that the kids will be saying, "I wish these old funny dudgeries would finally get out, understand that Twitter and Facebook is dead, and that we're right. over here using this technology." And, <laughs> yeah. And and I'm going to say, but you don't understand. This is the way we've always done it. Or I'm afraid that, you know, whatever. And and so it's always going to be that way. Right. No, it's true. It's very true. I think it's, and once again, it really is, and someone made the comment way early on, you know, technology is, is always going to be a part of our, a part of our existence. Yeah. At least in this existence. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, whether it's called the book and the printing press or whether it's called the car mm-hmm. or, you know, the automobile or whether it's called computers or microchips, that's just going to be a reality. And I think that we need to be able to, as a church, to seriously think about how do we interact with the culture that we find ourselves in, in yeah. a way that can actually bring about a kingdom understanding or Christ or, or community or whatever else those are. And, and we can remind everybody, hey, this is just a sample of what it's like to really be a family. Mm hmm. Um, and you really should get out and don't just spend all the time in front of your computer or something else like that. You know, it's just promoting yeah, what should be. And, and what I found in my this life, is, this is, is a new way to be human. This right. is what Christ had in mind. It, my, I have, I have made more face to face friends, friendships, fringe, fringe, <laughs> friends, friendships, uh, based upon technology and, and the friendships that I have face to face with the people who I know through technology have so much more flavor to them because we are so much more transparent and authentic and so many less masks, you know, that 
I mean, we we know about each other. We know what's going on, right? And I love that. And, and there's so, no difference between this and the quilting club. And, that's right. That's you know, right. And and the you know whatever and the farmers that are all sitting around at six in the morning with their cup of coffee. That's exactly and right. Those guys you know? know each other. Exactly. There's no difference between those. Uh, well, I mean, there is small differences, but it's the same kind of thought. It's the same mentality. Right. And we do have, I want to close this out uh, and have the last call of the year. Wow. Is going to Professor Allen. And oh, okay. uh, here's here's what he had to say. Hey, dude, it's Professor Allen calling for about the church. You guys talked about church history a couple of months ago and recommended a few books. I wanted to mention a very good audio resource on this topic that I found. It's a podcast called Simply History of Christianity. Uh, what is there is three separate sort of series or courses. It's a total of 31 episodes, each one running 60 to about 100 minutes. Sounds like they're being taught at a church, maybe like a... a uh, like an adult Sunday school class, something. It, it, it's at a high-level adult Sunday school class, um, sort of content level, or maybe like a freshman college class. That, that's sort of the, the academic level of it. Uh, it covers history, but also obviously theology, sociology, linguistics. I mean, it's a lot of interesting, interesting stuff. I've listened to the first series of classes, uh, which is early Christian history, it covers like Pentecost to about 700 A.D. maybe, uh, the Age of Martyrs, and then Constantine, the monastics, church councils, the uh, creeds, the books of the New Testament, some of those things you guys were talking about. All of that's covered. That's, those are nine uh, episodes that make up that series. It's about 11 hours of content um, for, uh, for a comparison. Um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and that 11 hours is about the equivalent of about a 300-page book, just to put that into context. It's a lot of stuff. And I learned a lot in that, pon- in that podcast. Uh, it also confirmed a lot of what I already knew, which was good, so it seemed very solid and legitimate. You know, it didn't seem to have any bias or there wasn't anything bizarre or out of left field in it, so it seemed uh, it seemed. Uh, uh, very good content. Now, I've not listened to the other two sections or their classes or courses, as they call them, within the podcast. The second is medieval and Reformation Christianity, which I'm going to you know, listen to uh, sometime early in the year. I'm a little more nervous about that one because in that section of church history, you get into some divisive theology and topics. Um, obviously, the Reformation and then so you get the the split from Catholicism and then the various split offs within within Protestantism. So there's going to be some um, you know topics in there. I just hope that they keep a middle of the road you know objective sort of non biased view. But I can't I can't vouch for that not having gotten that far. Uh, but I'm hoping it'll continue to be as objective and and sort of straightforward as the first the section on the ancient church was. Uh, the third section, I'll get to that later in the year at some point, I'm sure, is called Introduction to Historical Theology. I'm not sure what that is. Anyway, the overall uh, podcast is called History of Christianity. Search that on iTunes, and it pops right up at the top of the list. Um, if there's more than one, the one I'm referring to is taught by Dr. Birch. So just look for that name. 
to make sure it's the it's the right one. So anyway, I recommend these audio audio sort of classes or series of podcasts highly. Uh, okay, thanks guys. I enjoy the podcast. See you in the chat room. See you on the boards, and uh, enjoy the holidays. Merry Christmas. See you guys. Professor Allen, thank you so much. And you want to? The only thing I'll say to that is it would appear that this podcast that he's talking about, the history of Christianity, it would appear from what he's saying is that this is something that a church put together, oh, and and organized and and did as a as a massive class to to educate its its uh, members on the history of the church and and Christianity and how it all came about and stuff like that. And my only thing I would say to this entire call is what if the pastor that's involved in that church said no recording allowed because we want to make sure everybody comes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, it, that's a, that's an interesting topic because when I went to that conference in, in, um, um, in Memphis, the main speaker, Phyllis tickle, she did not want any audio to be recorded. It's a shame. And, and they asked her why. And she said, well, I'm Southern. And I say a lot of jokes and I say a lot of jokes that if you don't see my facial expression, you really could take it the wrong way. So she said, I only allow video with audio. Ah, okay. Instead of just audio. And then I said, but would you be willing to come on the practice podcast to do an interview? And she goes, sure, I'll be on. I would love to do that. So she's fine with doing, <laughs> and it just cracked right. me up. So you're fine with doing podcasts that are audio, but you're not allowed. You don't want to allow people but to be able to listen to your sense. lecture to do that but here's the thing whether you don't want to allow it or not i had an audio recorder i didn't have to ask your permission if you right. wanted to release it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and there's and that's going to be happening more and more and more especially with iphone applications of italk oh and, yeah i mean all these different things and so it's just it's you know it can be frustrating for a lot of people who don't want this media to be out there, yeah. but in reality, it's already out there. Yeah, yeah, you can do the best you can to kind of squelch it, but it's already out there. So if you could, why couldn't you embrace it and be able to live with it and, right. and figure out what it could be? I, I thought you were going to say that it was uh, more of a, a financial thing that she wanted to be able to to sell the materials and oh well and, that, and stuff like that, which I would I would too. I would be completely okay with that. Yeah, uh, but. But yeah, I wouldn't. You would. I know you wouldn't. You've made that clear. <laughs> you know, I'm giving but, you a hard time. But I would be totally cool with that. All right. So here's okay. So that was the last voicemail of the year uh, feedback, and thank you for that. And it was the history of Christianity, and make sure that it's from that Birch guy, uh, so that you make sure it's the same one that uh, that he was talking about. Search in iTunes now. Um, the about the church podcast uh, last email of the year for feedback comes from Cheryl. And she says, hey, Cliff, I listened to About the Church podcast for the very first time today. By the way, I enjoy it. <laughs> I always awesome. like that they add that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. It's not horrible. <laughs> and stumbled on uh, the one about politics. You were talking. Let's see here. You were taking. Ta- no, you were talking about the apparent contradiction of being homosexual Christian. And I thought I might share something with you. If you're interested in learning a bit about this, I suggest that you rent the movie for the Bible tells me so. It's a great look at the differences between what the Bible says about homosexuality and what the church has chosen to preach about it. Since you expressed confusion about this topic, I think this this film might be able to help. Uh, Be forewarned that there are some very sad parts. 
Thank you for being open, an open and respectful Christian. You have no idea what it means to find somebody who is so who is respectful about this topic, despite their own strong views. Especially since I live in Southwest Virginia, Cheryl. Cheryl, thank you so much. And uh, the movies that she's talking about is for the Bible tells me so. Uh, from what I understand, it's available on Netflix. I was not able to find it in my local video store, so um, you know, I may take a look at it and and see what it's what, you know what it's what? about. Uh, and while you're talking, I'll see I, if I can YouTube something on that's it. That's cool. Yeah, because I think I remember reading something on a blog somewhere that they were talking about homosexuality and they were talking, they referenced that movie. And basically, it was basically a, all kinds like seven families who had children who came out and they became openly gay. Um, and, and, and I think either all the families were Christian or the majority of them were Christian. Mm-hmm. I can't remember anyway, but it's, it's about these families that have, that are having to deal with homosexuality and it's, it's talking about Christians, you know, some of them that are families that are gay, but also, you know, completely straight families and completely like hardcore evangelical, uh, conservative families. And, and just, it just, it's the whole movie basically kind of talks about how they dealt with it and what they're doing right? and things like that. I have no idea. I haven't seen it. I'm right. Just, that's so, what I think the yeah, gist the, of it is. The, the fact that we're talking about this or sharing any of this is, is absolutely not an endorsement in any way, shape or form of this movie from, from, from DG myself. Sure. The, I haven't the seen corporation it known as uh, gspn.tv. It's affiliates or, <laughs> or sponsors. Nice. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, I just want to, I'm going to play the trailer here just to see what it sounds like. So uh, this is probably one of those places where it'd be good to preview things first. But uh, here's the trailer. Two out of three Americans look upon homosexuals with disgust, discomfort, or fear. Jesus loves me, this I know. Sounds like a scary black and white movie. It does. And on the screen here, they're showing all the the people who God hates fags and all the hate. Um, what do you call those picket signs and stuff? Oh, yeah. It's a sin for a man to be with a man. If homosexuals are allowed their civil rights, then so would prostitutes or thieves or anyone else. God hates fags. God hates the Episcopal Church. Like Goebbels said, working for Hitler, you tell a lie enough times, the whole world will believe it. Marriage cannot be severed from its cultural, religious. And natural roots. There's nothing wrong with a fifth grade understanding of God as long as you're in the fifth grade. I can't do this to my dad. I knew that being gay, being a lesbian, does not fit into the perfect political family. Unconditional love, which is what I believe we have for our children, means exactly that. God says in the Old and the New Testament that it's an abomination. They shall be put to death. Their blood is upon them. I'm going to read the passage very differently than than someone who might be white, male, and straight. Moses teaches in Leviticus that it is an abomination to eat shrimp. The one worry I had was that Chrissy was going to face horrible discrimination now. Fear does terrible things to a society. The New Hampshire Diocese of the Episcopal Church made some history this past weekend. Death threats had already started. Gene had a bulletproof vest under his vestments, and I realized how scary it must have been for him. Gene Robinson is a holy man. For a long time, the Bible has been misused to support prejudice, apartheid, segregation, slavery, the second-class citizenship of women. Now it's being misused to condemn gay people. 
It's an old trick. Fundamentalist Christians have been using it throughout the ages, and now they're doing it again. Okay, so it it looks like that's a. I would say it's a obviously a a documentary in that has a an actual uh, opinion to share and sure. that, that um, is obviously opposite of my own. But uh, but I'm I'm I will tell you that I will probably find a way so that I can actually watch that. I would be very interested in seeing that. It's called The Bible Told Me So? It's For The Bible Tells Me So. Okay. Some of the chat room was wanting to know what it was. Yeah. For The Bible Tells Me So. And uh, what I just did is I, I went to Google and did uh, YouTube For The Bible Tells Me So. Okay. And and it pulled right up the trailer there. And so, um, but yeah, I, absolutely. And so, um, Cheryl, you know, like I said, the, the one thing is, is, is for certain is I don't have all the answers and um, the about the church podcast for me has never, you know, been a show where uh, Cliff and, and any co-host is going to come here and tell you exactly what everybody ought to believe in. <laughs> and so I'm, I, it, it's a place for us to investigate. It's a place for us to generally speak about faith and to talk about these things. And, and sure, we're going to share some things that we believe sure. and, and why we believe them and some defense of the things that we believe. Uh, but obviously, um, homosexuality is not one I have any clear-cut answers on. Um, I have some clear-cut answers that have been given to me, and some some things to back that up. But I, as there, and, and homosexuality is not the only thing that I struggle with. Is as far as understanding what is it that really God has to say about all of these things? Of and, course not. But it, it is it is a huge issue. I mean, and I think it's I think it's good for people to be able to deal with the issue. Yeah, I really do. I think there needs to be discussion. I think, that, and I think this is the one last. And Phil Stickle will say this is the one last issue that's holding on to sola scriptura. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, it is. It, it's got to be dealt with. And well, I think it will be dealt with. And it, and it might just. It might cause you know more div- diversion or whatever yeah. else, but not diversion. <laughs> hey, look over there. <laughs> Division. Division is what I meant to say. Um, but it, I think it definitely has got to be something that's dealt with and. And, and lived into it, so it's yes. a challenge. I was just looking. I'm not in this. I'm not yeah, you're in the shot. Here, let me do it. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. It's like I don't need to be in the chat. But uh, no, I don't. So uh, now, I don't, okay, there you go. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, that, that's that's where we're at. And I thank you for that email. And, and that's and that's hopefully the kind of uh, the kind of discussions we'll always have here that are always respectful. Sure, of, uh, of people who have various uh, differing opinions other than our own. So, and 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 again, thank you for subscribing and listening to this podcast. Yes, and of course, this podcast is sponsored. Uh, this episode is sponsored by an an anonymous donor uh, who we thank very highly, and he simply asks in response for his uh, sponsorship uh, that you remember to pray for another church in your area that is not your own. Please do, please, please do. do. And please join us. Uh, you can. We'd love for you to be a be a gspn tv slash plus member, and you can go find that at the same website I just said. Yes. And please give us voicemails eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. We would greatly appreciate any voicemails, and you can also send emails too. They're okay. We don't mind those at all. At feedback at gspn tv as well. That's right. And so everybody, happy New Year to you all. Bless y'all. Bye bye. And to all. A good night.